I love that, that video because it really does, just puts it all together for us. I want to thank you for coming today. I want to welcome you to the house of the Lord. For all those that is your first time, welcome. And those that have been for, haven't been for a little while, welcome again. And today is Happy Resurrection Sunday. And I know that our whole theme this weekend are, it was, Do You Now Believe? And we were challenged the whole weekend to really reconsider what we believe and if what we believe has any impact in our life. Because we can know a whole lot of things, but it doesn't mean that we believe it to the point where we can trust it and where we can apply it. And so today, that is my desire, is to show you what is the impact of the resurrection. What's the impact that the resurrection have on our life? Let's bow our heads and let's ask the Lord to come and help us today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for just this day. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for conquering death and rising again. Because of it, we have new life. And God, there is so much hope and so much security in that place. There is so much that we have been offered because of what you had to go through. And I thank you for solidifying our relationship with God. Because without you, Jesus, we would not have that ability to walk and commune with God. We thank you today for this truth. We thank you for what you're about to do this day. And we ask, Lord, that you would just open up our hearts to this truth once again. We thank you in the mighty name of God, I pray. Amen. Easter is probably my favorite holiday because of what it signifies and what it holds for me as a Christian. It is a day to remember that my, the, the, to remember the rising of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not just that, it is a day that He triumphed over the grave, saved us. For, for and, and I'm just thinking right now, the translation. There's people here that are being translated today. Is there? Can I have the, the names? Is there anybody being translated? Okay, all right. Okay, good. So the team in translation had told me to speak very slowly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they checked, did you eat chocolate before you came? Any Skittles? Did you have coffee? And I say no to the three. But still, to no avail, I have a hard time speaking slowly. So today you can pray for that team so that they can actually pick up and do what they need to do. And we know that we're going to bank on the Holy Spirit to help us today. So we know that we celebrate the triumph of the grave because he saved us from our sins. He gave, us, he gave meaning to the world. And without his rising from the, the grave, all of the rest of it would be meaningless. Everything else would be meaningless. You know, for me, when he says he triumphed from the, 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 over death and gave us life, it just means a whole lot more than just the knowledge of what the resurrection is all about. John 11, 25, 26 says this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asked the question, do you believe this? Jesus responded to Martha's faith in spite of her doubts. Now, maybe some of you might have doubts in all of this miraculous because the resurrection is a miracle. But where can we trace that back? See, if you're waiting for the proof of the resurrection today, I'm not, it's not about that. Today, for me, it's about the impact. I've seen way too many people amass knowledge about what this weekend is all about, but have walked away from it powerless. And for me, I want to 
I want to focus on that. But the proof really, truly, if this is a miracle, we need to go back to Genesis 1-1 when it says God created the heavens and the earth. We know scientifically it has been proven because of time, matter, and space, because of those laws, that the scientists have said it's impossible that we had that just, just created out of nothing. It needed a designer. And for us, that is God. And so if God could create the heavens and the earth, he can certainly raise his son from the dead. And that is the biggest proof we have. But we understand that when it comes to believing, there is such aspects in believing that we need to go after. We need to go after this because the impact of the resurrection will will fall short in our lives. And that is what I want to do today. I want to go to Hebrews 11.6. And it says this, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The word faith and believe come from the same root Greek word. Faith is pistos, and it means an assurance, a belief, a conviction that God exists, and he's the creator and ruler of all things. Uh, You and I, we won't debate that aspect. God does exist. But what do we do with that truth? Because when you go to the next word, believe, it actually is a different saying. There's a different meaning to it. It means to commit to one's trust. Do we trust what God has done? Do we trust the work of the cross and the, 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 the resurrection day? Do we trust that he rose again and conquered death? Are we persuaded? Do we entrust ourselves, our well-being, to the act of what Jesus has done Friday and Sunday? True faith is not just a passive belief that exists and that Jesus, that, that Jesus died and rose again just as information But it has to mean something. There has to be an impact. If we truly believe this, we have committed to it, we have entrusted to it, and we know that this is truth, then there should be an impact in our lives. Dr. Jeremiah, David Jeremiah says this, real faith does not bypass the mind and the emotions. And in a similar vein, Intellectual understanding or warm feelings do not qualify as biblical faith if they do not lead to trust in action. What I trust about the resurrection, does it bring me to a place of greater understanding and action? We can know something, beloved, but not necessarily believe it Trust it and rely upon it to change our lives. What difference has it made that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, has come into this world, lived out his life, died on the cross, resurrected, is now seated on the right, at the right hand of the Father? What impact does that have on our lives, our choices, our words, our action. What impact does that have in our life? Truly, beloved. You know, sometimes we only have, you know, some people who come to church at Christmas and Easter. 
But those things just become just a normal thing of hearing the information of why we celebrate this holiday. But it has a deeper meaning. And if we are willing today to even, you know, just to understand and to ask the Holy Spirit to open up our minds to understand the power behind the truth of the resurrection. I was reading John 20 not too long ago, and I saw the life of one of the, well, all of the disciples got impacted by the resurrection, but the one that really pops out in John 20 is the life of Thomas. And the story of Thomas was that, you know, uh, when Jesus first came after the resurrection uh, and he showed himself to the, to the disciples, Thomas wasn't there the first time. And so they turned around and told him, hey, listen, we saw the Lord. And Thomas, the doubter that he was, said, hey, listen, if I'm only going to believe it if I see the nail-scarred hands and the wounds on his side. I won't believe it unless I do that, unless I see it. And then we see in John 20... 26 to 29, it says this. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. He says to them, peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, I love this part, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand in the wound on my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe, that word believe, entrust your life to it. And then Thomas responds and he says, my Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The same word that we see in Hebrews eleven six is the same word here. Thomas was so impacted by the resurrected life of Christ that it had an impact in in his life. It made a difference. And so when we look at the the church's history, because a lot of us, we don't hear from Thomas after that, but if you look at what happened to Thomas, he spent the rest of his life spreading the gospel throughout India and possibly China. The reality is this. Christ's resurrected power empowered Uh, Christ's power affected Thomas for the rest of his life. In the same way, I believe that we must recognize and accept the meaning of Christ's resurrection today, how it should lead us, how it should give us purpose and meaning. You see, when he says, blessed are those who believe without seeing, he's talking about us. He's talking about even though we do not see, he's asking us to believe what was already recorded. Today is Easter Sunday, what we call Resurrection Sunday. What do we believe about the resurrection? We've heard the message of the resurrection many times, but what does it mean? Do we understand it? How has that truth impacted your lives, your thinking, your behavior, your conversations, and your choices? C.S. Lewis says this, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. Can we say the same thing about the truth of the resurrection? What impact impact should the resurrection be in our lives if we call ourselves followers of Christ? Surely the truth of the resurrection should make a difference in how we live 
how, how it should influence the way we treat one another, the way we worship, the way we read our word, the way we serve the kingdom, the way we love our spouses, the way we lead our children. Surely it should affect and impact us. Does it make a difference that Christ came not only to forgive our sins and make us right before God, but he came to give us spiritual life? See, that's the other side of the gospel. Yes, we were forgiven. Yes, we were made right, justified and made right before God. Praise God because none of our works could do that. I could go to church seven times a day, seven times a week and do all of the good things I want, but it will never, ever create a relationship with God. That has to be because of a sinless sacrifice that was done by Jesus. He did it for me. 1 John 5, 12 says, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It is crucial that we understand that it's much more than just information. Not only have I not just been forgiven and made right, now I have complete access to God 24-7, and he gives me grace and mercy for this life of mine. But now I have life that dwells within me, the power the ability to do the impossible. And yet, we are so without understanding that life in itself defines who we are instead of truth. Can we say that today? That our circumstances, that our pain, that our past decides and dictates. It doesn't, it's not truth that defines us, but it's those things. And I believe God wants you to understand the power of the resurrection should impact you. That when you speak a word to your children, your children know that you have spoken something to help them be free. When you serve your husband, your husband will get healed just by your gentle and kind words. Oh my goodness, when we We let God be God in our life. We understand that there was something real that happened in the resurrection. Eternal life is not something we get when we die. Every child of God is alive in Christ right now, the moment he or she is born again. He was resurrected so that we might have life. That life that brings us the ability to see beyond our pain. Romans 6.23 says, The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The glorious riches of salvation is this. It says, Christ in you, the hope and glory. See, being alive in Christ and dead to sin is the only assurance I have about walking life in victory. I can't do it because I'm good enough today because I can't be on 24-7. But Jesus had already made that for me. He did all of the work. So what impact does the resurrection have in your life? What we believe should make a difference. So let me share with you some of the truths. And I wish I have four hours with you today. But I know you're waiting, anticipating dinner. But so I'm only going to show you some things that are very, very important to understand. The first thing is I believe that Christ rose from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. Hebrews 10:12 says this, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of, of God. That's Jesus. And here, 
Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father at his place of glory and declared one thing, mission accomplished. So how does that affect us? How would that impact our life? You see, we don't need to add to this work. You see, sometimes because we don't believe that forgiveness is solid, that the mission was accomplished, we think we have to try harder to please God. Don't we? We think, oh, I just have to do more in order for God to love me more. He can't love you more than he already loves you now. You don't have to try harder. Forgiveness is ours. You can place your trust in his death and resurrection and receive forgiveness for all of your sins. Not just for some, but for all. Because Jesus went to the cross and overcame death. His forgiveness can turn your failures into acts of faith and faithfulness. Your failures into acts of faith and faithfulness. If a mistake or regret haunts you today, let the truth of his resurrection shine through that darkness because you know that deep inside, Jesus has done and given you all that you need to embrace his forgiveness and to walk in peace. If you are distraught today and if you are condemned from things that you don't seem to want or understand how to forgive yourself for this, you need to understand the risen Christ has already done it. Every poor decision that we have done, give it to the risen Christ. He, Jesus, through God, God sends his forgiveness in every area of our lives. Don't beat yourself over what God has already forgiven. Accept his forgiveness and move forward with your life in peace and rest in the finished work, in that mission accomplished. I don't have to work harder you know what I find so sad is the people of God, because they do not understand this truth, they punish themselves for months and months when they fail God, when they fail their spouse, when they fail to do what they need to do. And instead of moving up and seeking the truth, they get condemned and get, go downward and implode. Have you ever seen it? And you speak truth and you say, what has the impact of the resurrection done for you? You've been forgiven. Let it go. Receive the forgiveness. Another truth, I believe that we are eternally secure in him. John 10, 27, 29 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. Did you hear that? My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. There's a sense of finality there, security, assurance, confidence that even when I goof up, <laughs> nothing can snatch me out of his hands. How would this truth impact your life this morning? Because of his death and his resurrection, we have security. We are on safe grounds. Stop doubting God's love. Stop doubting his purpose. Stop trying to get affirmed through people and approved through things because those things fall short. You already have your approval. 
You're already safe and secure. Wouldn't that make us feel like lighter? You know, we walk around with this shield because we're so afraid of everything. But what if I told you, you're already safe. You're already safe in him. Many people don't feel secure in God. And because of it, there's anxiousness that just swallows them up. The fear, despair, discouragement. So what they do is they try to control the environment. They control the things in their lives. And forever questioning, is God going to be there for them? Instead of believing that God is greater, we run to our defaults. It means those things that are familiar to us that have never kept us safe in the past, beloved. Because if we're really, really accepting the, the reality of that is that those are just idols. They have no mouth, they have no ears, they have no power. But when we go back to our familiars, this tells me that you have not entrusted nor committed yourself to the truth of the power of the resurrection. We know that insecurity is built because we don't understand the word of God. Jesus' resurrection also displayed imaginable power, which is ours as well, according to Ephesians 1. The power of the resurrection is available no matter what you're trying to overcome. Are you struggling today? Am I speaking to anybody? Are you trying to overcome maybe flesh habits, just habits that have overcome you because these are things that you just know? Are you struggling? If God can bring his son back from death, he can fix whatever is messing up your life today. And that is the truth of the power of Christ. And the next and the last truth, part with maybe a few more, is I believe that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. That means we are one with him. If we're born again, it says that we are sealed with him. Ephesians 1, 13, 14 says, when something is marked with a seal, it is stamped with the owner's name and secured as being his or her possession. I'm sorry today, but today I can say it very loud. I am God's child. I am God's possession. His beloved child, I am secure. I am spiritually blessed because of all that Jesus has done for me. This truth should change the way I do life, shouldn't it? It should change the way I see things. I should never run after everybody's approval because, you know, not everybody's going to like me, and you kind of know it. <laughs> but that's okay because as long as I have God's approval, it releases me of always fighting to trying to be right. This truth should give us an assurance, a confidence, even faced with the impossibles of our lives. The next one is, I believe that we will live forever. Now, we know this scripture, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Same word, believe. That means, can I entrust in this truth that I'll never perish again? That means this body will die, but my spirit will go and reign with Christ one day. And so even know that we struggle at times, we know that just because we're quoting this scripture doesn't mean that we believe it. If, it does, if it's not made a change in your life, then you have to understand that it's just words. 
It can't be just words because Christ has risen. You can live an ever-ending life. That means one day this body of mine will leave, but I will reside in the presence of the king. John eleven twenty five 25 gives us that understanding. Jesus triumphed over death and power of evil. That means we have a rock-solid hope for our future. How many of us are looking at the news today? Mm. The economy, the darkness, the agendas that are so evil and dark. And we can get so caught up with that. We have to look up and understand we have a solid future, a solid hope for our future. Whatever is overwhelming you right now, place it in the middle of him. He invites you to bring your burdens to him this morning, and he has proven that he can handle it. If he can handle the cross and rise again, he can handle whatever you're going through today. What about the idea of heaven? Let, I can't even go there today because that would mean that I'd be here for another two hours. But this is an awesome idea. How would that make a difference if you understood heaven? John 14 Three says this, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, for where I am, there you may be also. He didn't say, I'm just going. No, he didn't say, I'm preparing. No, he said, Jesus is preparing a place for you. It was personal. It was intimate. It was warm. It was loving. It was inviting. But why is it that in our troubles, we don't come to Jesus, we go to other things? It's because we have not understood how deeply and wide his love is for us. We cannot live a perfect life here this side of heaven, but we can have assurance while we do life. He loves us, he forgives us, he cleanses us over and over and over again because of this great love and grace. It is the will, the purpose, and the plan of God that every one of us here will have a relationship with him, that he's going to make it possible for us to enter heaven sinless, holy, and righteous for almighty God. He that is the reason why Jesus came, so that he could bring us home. And we're so worried. We can't rest in his ability to bring us home because we don't trust. That's why unbelief is such an issue for God because unbelief brings you to a place where you are unwilling to embrace the truth of the resurrection. He came that we might have life, not just life, but have it more abundantly. What difference would that truth make in your life? For one, we would stop fretting over the small things, don't you think? We run way too quickly. God loves us and he holds all things. The truth of God's word should make an eternal difference in our life. In the way that we speak, the way that we do life with others, the way that we, where we go and what we're going to do with our life. He came into our life to make a difference, not just a small difference, but a big eternal difference. Things that are immovable, imperishable. 
The great promise of the gospel is Christ himself. Do we not realize that we have the life of Christ within us? If we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior by faith, the moment that we do that, we have new life in us. Our soul is in union with God, and our life is now hidden in Christ. If you have the Son this morning, you have this life that I'm speaking of. If you believe, if you believe this, how would it affect your life? You may think that your greatest need is to get through today and maybe get through your pain, your bitterness, and your deep sadness. No, those are just symptoms. Our greatest need is to be spiritually alive. And when we are, our life can be recovered, redeemed, and restored. Romans 8, and I'm finishing fairly soon, 8.11 says this. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Our problem is that we don't understand what it means for Christ to live in us. That's our biggest problem. We don't know what difference it would make to trust him to live in our life and to work through us. We don't believe that his life is in us or is enough for our problems and our needs. Beloved, remember, believing means that it will be uh, followed by action. My choices... My reactions, my response to life will tell you if I truly know that God is existing and that I've committed my life and entrusted my problems to him and him alone. Jesus Christ is the son of God, and today he is alive. Not only is he seated at the, at the father's hand, at right hand, but he intercedes for us. He is our advocate and he lives within us. He goes with us. Knowing is not necessarily believing. That's my challenge for you today. Knowing doesn't mean that you believe it. That means you trust it, and you rely on it, and you act upon it. Committing and entrusting means we face the facts of the resurrection. It means you believe and you have relied, and because you have relied on something bigger than yourself, then what happens is there's a difference that happens in your life. You have a choice this morning to entrust and commit and start relying on the truth that has been be brought before you today. Christ in me, my hope and glory. Now you know why I can get back up once, I, once I've been brought down. See, it's not about not being brought down. Life is messy. What gives me the hope is who dwells within me. Resurrection for me just proves my point. There is power. There is forgiveness. There is safety. There is security. There is confidence. There is hope. I know this without a shadow of a doubt. 
He can counteract whatever anxiety that is within you right now. He can come against all of your hopelessness. And you can experience his power today just by saying, God, I need you. I not only know this, but now I want to believe this and I want to act upon it, God. I want to release myself to you and know full well that you are who you say you are. I'm going to walk in this day after day, step after step, one moment after one moment, and recognize that God is greater than what I am going through and what I feel and what I see. God is God. And he set in motion this plan to save you and me through his son. There is no other way to have relationship with him. Do you know the one who knows everything about you? Are you experiencing the power of his resurrection? If you are here this morning and you've never invited Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, that's your beginning point. You have to acknowledge, God, I can't manage my life. I can't fix what's broken. I've tried. It doesn't work. Guess what? We don't have the power to fix it. That disease, that sin nature has to be dominated by something bigger than us. And that's where Jesus comes into play. If you say, God, I acknowledge my need of you and I confess, I believe that you died and rose again and I confess that you are Lord, I need you to come and forgive me. Then at that moment, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit goes in and that's your new life. That's where and how everything changes. For those that are here today who've heard this message many times, he's risen. What difference is it making in your life, beloved? Have you forgotten? If you've forgotten, then let God be God today. Bring it to him and say, God, I want to experience this power. I've believed all the wrong things, went to the wrong tables and wrong, wrong things to satisfy my soul, to make me whole. But today, I choose you.